that's the impact of the gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it became so important to her to not just like, she didn't, she had, now she writes in gratitude journals um, and she's kept those. It's a practice, right? And you know what? My daughter doesn't do it every night, but she does it a lot, probably four nights a week. And it helps her. And, you know, she struggles with anxiety and she struggles with panic attacks and sometimes just going to the gratitude journal and just finding one or two things in the day to be grateful for can really help with that anxiety. Welcome blissful parents out there. Michelle Abraham, your host today. I am so excited today. I have brought to you someone that I've met recently and have become to admire. She has a fantastic podcast called Wake Up With Gratitude. I'm talking to you today, Julie Boyer. So Julie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm really excited to be here. You're welcome. So excited to dive in. So let me tell you a little bit more about Julie, you guys. She is a three times Amazon bestselling author, four time serial entrepreneur, and three time Ironman finisher. Impressive. And as a woman who has practiced gratitude for more than a decade, she is the founder of Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. And she's the most recent business was born after she survived a week long coma due to a bacterial infection after her second miscarriage. That life threatening experience taught her that every single day is a gift. Julie currently lives in the Vancouver Island where she balances several home-based businesses while homeschooling her 10-year-old daughter. So her mission is to inspire you to wake up with gratitude every day. And today we're talking about can you can you can can your kids have gratitude? Is that possible? We hope so. <laughs> but let's talk to Julie and find out. <laughs> yeah. This is a big one. Can our kids be grateful? I don't know. Uh, I think we all kind of struggle with that, right? Like, I think we all do try to think, how can our kids be more grateful? I mean, my daughter's 10. I don't know about you, if you experience this, but you're like, why are you so ungrateful? Like why <laughs> you have so <laughs> what much. Why do you so ungrateful? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you kind of want me to share a little bit about some of the ways that I've helped my daughter to be grateful. I don't know if that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I can relate. I've got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and sometimes they're grateful little monkeys and other times they are not grateful at all. And so I think the question we want to pose today really is that what, like, is it too soon to start expecting gratitude from our kids? At what age should we start doing that? And then I'd love to hear, yeah, like, let's dive in with like, how did you start introducing gratitude to your daughter? Yeah, those are great questions. And what I'll just say is it's never too early and it's never too late. So if you are listening to this and your kids are like 15 and 16 and really struggling with gratitude, I'll give you some ideas for that. And you have, if you have a four or five-year-old who's can't really write or read yet, I'm going to show you how you can help a young child also to start their grateful practices. I will say though, that if mom or dad or guardian or parent is not Uh, also working on their own gratitude practice, just like everything else we do in our lives, our kids will imitate us. And so they will not trying to just start it with our kids and without us being really involved or doing something that is a gratitude practice, then that's not going to work. Oh, wait, wait a second. Our parents, the parents have to do it too. Yes, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) You do. (laughs) One of honestly, one of the simplest ways that can apply to any age group, which I know a lot of families might do maybe a couple times a year, but you know, we're in, we're in our pandemic life. We are home more often. Parents may not 
be out all the time at sports and activities like we used to be. So the opportunity to sit together at a table has presented itself more often than before, at least in my home, for us to sit together and eat a meal together. And a really simple way for any age group is to, before the meal starts, is just go around the table and say thank you for something or someone. So a little kid, you know, might repeat the same thing every day, you know, thank you for mom, thank you for dad. You know, they might just repeat the same thing every day. We're going to encourage them to say something different. An older child might really resist and not want to engage in conversation, but maybe we can remind them to be grateful for their smartphone or maybe, you know, (laughs) Wi-Fi. Yeah, the (laughs) Wi-Fi or there's lots of, that's a really simple strategy that I think most families could start, you know, in the next couple of days. First of all, bringing your family together for a meal and just giving thanks that there's food on your table is already a really, really big expression of gratitude because we do, we know that this pandemic has been so hard on so many people and there are definitely more families that are not able to put a meal on their table. So just that, Hey kids, like there's food on the table and maybe a parent made it and maybe you picked it up as takeout. So then we're grateful for the people at the restaurant that made it, or we're grateful for the parent that made it, or we're grateful that we opened the fridge door and there was leftovers from, you know, another meal that alone is just a reminder to start remembering that gratitude is all around us. And also it helps with our digestion. I know this sounds silly, but that moment of being grateful before you eat actually gives your stomach acids a chance to prepare for you to eat. So you actually have better digestion Mm. by being grateful. That's interesting because you start thinking about eating before you're actually eating and that gratitude. Interesting. I hadn't thought of it in that way. That's really great. It's funny when my kids a couple of years ago, when they were even younger, you know, we were like, how do we do gratitude? You know, like what is this gratitude thing? And a friend had told me about this like thing that she did at their table, which I, uh, I thought it was great. So we thought we'd try it. It's called two, two roses and a thorn. So it was like two good things that happen in your day. One, one thing that you want to work on and one thing that didn't go so great. And it got, you know, it was surprising to me at that time, my kids were just starting school was surprising how much more information I can get I get out of them as to what their day was like by asking the two roses and the thorn thing. And it was interesting because like you said, Julie, like when you set it up as a family to do something, like my kids, I don't know about your daughter, but my kids like ran with this idea. Like, and like, we couldn't get passed into a dinner without them. Like, okay, what's your rose and thorn today, mom? What's your rose and thorn today, dad? And it was great to see because like, my, like we don't come from a family that I don't really praise before a meal or anything like that. So it's not something that they'd gotten used to, mm-hmm. or they hadn't, hadn't ever seen something like this before. So it was really cool to see them take it on ownership of it themselves, which was so cool. Well, I love that two roses and a thorn, and you can use that actually in a gratitude way. So I um, read an amazing book by Melody Beattie and it's 40 days of gratitude. And it's all about really interesting. It's how she turned a really negative situation around in her life by practicing gratitude when you're not doing well, when you're angry Mm -hmm. or frustrated. So you could use that example and say, okay, I'm grateful for the Wi-Fi in the house. I am grateful that I have an amazing smartphone and I'm grateful that my friend at school today shoved me and I got in trouble. What that does is it gives you perspective on the situation. It helps you to think about it in a different way. And you can even say it in an angry voice. You can say, well, I'm grateful that my friend 
shoved me and I ended up in trouble anyways. <laughs> but your brain still hears the words, I'm grateful. And the more you repeat, I'm grateful before a difficult situation, it does tend to diffuse it. It also helps the emotion to like move through your body and get it out. So you could use that the same way, just use it in a gratitude way. And you mentioned about praying before dinner. You know, we never really did either. That wasn't a thing that was a part of our family, but we do just like, we will just hold hands. Um, there's three of us in our family and we will just say, thank you for this food. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple, but it just is that moment to remember that there, you know, when I go to the grocery store and come home and fill my fridge, I look at it for a minute. Mm-hmm. If you have teenagers and maybe, I know this is a stereotype, but often teenage boys, although, I mean, my 10 year old girl eats plenty too. I don't know. She has so much energy, (laughs) but the stereotype of this, you know, the teenage boy that goes and opens the fridge and every time, and it's just like always empty, you know, remind that teenage boy to like pause for a minute or teenage girl or, or whatever gender and just pause and say, every time they open the fridge door and just say, wow, thank you. Like there's food in my fridge, little things like that. Reminders of little bits of gratitude. You could put a sticky note on your fridge, right? My, I, have, I actually have a magnet on my fridge that says wake up with gratitude. Not one that I made. I found it at a shop, but it reminds me to be grateful just for that. You could put a little sticky note in the bathroom to remind you that you have clean running water that comes from your taps. And mm-hmm. any child at any age can kind of understand that concept of I have clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just, um, I think being thankful for the little things is so helpful. So do you think that, are there any, anything that you found in your work around gratitude? Um, that's kind of like a reason why we should really start uh, practicing gratitude with our kids at an early age. It really is about a vibration and a way to look at the world and a perspective. So we started a gratitude practice with my daughter, like a written gratitude practice when she was five. She was learning how to write. And what we did at that point is we had one of those page a day calendars. You remember those? You tear off a page and there's like Mm -hmm. a quote or a picture, whatever. And on the other side of it, what we would do, so every day, most days, we didn't do it every day, but um, one of us would write, I am so happy and grateful that, and then she would write like a word or two. So it was really cool because it actually, it's so neat. You can do this at any age. It helps your child to write. It helps them to mm-hmm. practice their printing or their writing. You know, I use cursive like handwriting in my journal because I want to keep that up. So that's a really neat way with a young child. And then what we did is we folded them and we put them in a vase. So we ended up by the end of the year, we had like three vases full of papers. And I was like, oh, you know, let's do a bonfire and burn the papers. And she was like, no, don't <laughs> burn my gratitude. So what we did is we went through all the little papers, like all the little memories at the end of the year. This is actually a good thing because we're recording this, you know, towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so you could start it for next year. And then what we, we went through all the little pieces of paper and then she chose her favorite ones from like each month. And we put them on a Bristol board, like post, like glued them on and posted it and put it in a frame. And we've moved houses twice since then. And that gratitude from that year still has a place in her room. And she did that when she was six and she's now 10. So that like, that's the impact of the gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it became so important to her to not just like, she didn't, she had, now she writes in gratitude journals um, and she's kept those. It is, it's a practice, right? And you know what? My daughter doesn't do it every night, but she does it a lot, probably four nights a week. 
and it helps her. And, you know, she struggles with anxiety and she struggles with panic attacks and sometimes just going to the gratitude journal and just finding one or two things in the day to be grateful for can really help with that anxiety. I think that's an awesome practice. The whole family could do too. Like, I think, yeah, I think that's super great. Now, Julie, you went through some really big times in your life where like, you know, you had a lot to be grateful for coming out of it, but in the moment when you're going through such trauma, you know, like miscarriages and a life-threatening issue, what are some things that you can do in those moments with gratitude that will help kind of see your way out, out of it? So what's really interesting is it's not that we're grateful for the trauma, the accident, the loss. I mean, perhaps one way to look at it in the future with space is I'm grateful for the path that I'm on today. And if that hadn't happened, my life would be very different. So that's one way to kind of look back. And, but at the time, I'm not grateful that I had a miscarriage. That's not where the gratitude is. But what was really interesting, Michelle, is I had two miscarriages after my daughter. And the first one was a traumatic miscarriage at home at 15 weeks, I gave birth at home. I had to call an ambulance and they had to break down the door. And, um, I remember that night getting home. It all happened like so fast, like literally, like it all happened super fast. Like basically by the time I was out of surgery, we went and picked up my daughter at daycare. And, but I remember I wrote in my gratitude journal, I wrote that I was grateful that my daughter had been at daycare. I was grateful that the EMS were able to break down the door and I was grateful for the nurses at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And because my daughter only went to daycare part-time, so she could have been home with, I mean, that would have been, so I was like, where, you know, I, and I didn't even think about not writing in my gratitude journal at that time, Mm because I'd already been writing in a journal for about two and a half years. And so me as an adult, that practice prepared me for when, what was at that time, the hardest thing in my life. And so why we want to introduce this kind of practice for our kids. And even if they don't keep it up, they might come back to it as an adult Remember mm-hmm. and remember that they had this gratitude practice as a child. They were introduced to this concept of simple daily gratitude when things are going really difficult for them and maybe they're not at home anymore. I think that's one of the most important mm-hmm. things about starting at any age with our kids is that we're planting seeds for them as adults. Mm-hmm. It's like a skill that they're learning um, to be able to use this tool, like in any other situation in their lives too. And using, I think, oh my gosh, learning this tool at such a young age. I just think back on like how many situations that I went through in teens and twenties that this would have been really helpful to have as a practice from a childhood already instilled in me. I actually, this summer, I still had my journals from high school and I started reading them a little bit and I was like, no, this is really like terrible, really negative, really like, I didn't even want, I actually only read a few pages and I was like, I don't, this is not good. And I burned all the journals. I actually just burned all everything. I mean, I had piles of, I probably had 25 journals. Because I'd always thought I'd want to go back. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go back. That's actually not what I wanted. And I think about what you said. It's like, if I had learned a gratitude practice at a younger age, Mm -hmm. my journals likely would have been different. It's this practice of looking for the good in the day. Mm -hmm. And some families will just, again, do a verbal practice. So before bed, you know, you're doing your bedtime routine with your kids you add in a couple of things. Let's talk about what were, you know, what made us happy today? What brought us joy today, right? Little, th- especially with a younger child, they're not going to really understand the word gratitude, but 
that's okay. We can teach them. You know, mm-hmm. what, what made you smile today? What made you, your heart feel warm today? And you can just sit with your child and just share, right? What made mommy or daddy or the sister or whatever that your family arrangement is, you know, sit together and just share. I mean, it, here's, a, I think a big misconception about the time it takes to practice gratitude is that it takes very little time. Mm-hmm. Um, it really doesn't. And it can make the rest of your day just so much easier because you've started with a different perspective. Mm, yeah. I think that a different perspective on things is so important. I think that's really the lesson that kids can learn too in using gratitude as a tool to get through hard times, but also just that perspective on like how we can be grateful and throughout our day too. Like that's a whole other tool. I think there's many different tools that can be kind of found in many different things that are going to be so beneficial for kids as they get older coming from those situations. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your, your Ironman experience, because now that's something that I'm curious to know if gratitude played a part in, in your success in that, because it's, that's something that a lot of people think that is out of their reach that they can't, that's not possible. They can't ever do something like that. So I'd love to hear your, your take on that. So during that time, I did have a gratitude practice. It wasn't as consistent as I do now, but what's really interesting is what doing my very first Ironman really taught me was to have mental toughness, to be mentally tough and mentally tough people doesn't mean they don't have emotion. Doesn't mean they don't cry. It just means they have ways to um, tell themselves to get through really difficult things. So I basically, I'd always wanted to do an Ironman triathlon, but I, I did gymnastics till I was about 12 and I wasn't able to run after that. My knees were just wrecked. So I never thought that I would run again. But in uh, after I graduated from university with a degree in kinesiology and not doing any sports, which you know <laughs> isn't really like can people do sports? Anyways, I started working at a physio clinic. Had to quit the job because I couldn't do the stairs because it was so hard on my knees. But I met a physiotherapist who is still a good friend to this day. This is like over twenty years ago, and she helped me. Like I had seen so many people over the years, but she's the one who helped me be able to start like walk running again. And so when I started walk running again, I was like, I want to do a triathlon. So I, you know, I bought like a really old bike off. I don't know, maybe girl, I could, it wasn't even a Kijiji back then, <laughs> no internet like that. So I don't know, I got an old bike, got back in the pool and then started my triathlon journey. And I, I knew that as soon as I could do a triathlon that I would eventually do the Ironman. And a lot of the mental toughness strategies I would use. So for example, if I, I would practice, like when I was running, I would practice saying to myself things that I would say during a race. So I'd be like one foot forward, just take the next step. Mm. You're, every step you're getting closer, like one more step, one more step, like you can do this, you're going to make it. And I would finish my runs, like crossing the finish line, like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> so What's really interesting, Michelle, is that I built up this incredible mental toughness training for three Ironmans and completing three of them. This is before I had a child. I don't know that I would do it now. It was very hard on my body, but (laughs) I will tell you this. When I was um, hospitalized after my second miscarriage with a bacterial infection, um, basically uh, sepsis or blood poisoning, Mm. you know, I was in, they had to put me in a coma for a week. And um, when I woke up, it is interesting. I really did like understand that wake up with gratitude. Like I really did wake Mm -hmm. up grateful, but, uh, in order to get out of the hospital, in order to be discharged, you have to be able to walk. And when you've been in a coma for a week, you lose about 50% of your muscle mass. Like so fast. So yeah, it happens super fast. And I didn't realize like I couldn't even, so I couldn't even like bring a cup to my mouth to drink water 
So if the table was too far, I couldn't reach the straw to drink. So really a lot of, of difficulty, but the, I bring back the Ironman thing because my good friend is a, an emergency room physician and he wasn't taking care of me, but he obviously was taking care of me. And he came by one day and he said, you know, he said, Julie, she said, he said, you need your Ironman mindset right now. You need your Ironman mindset to focus. How quickly do you want to get out? When are you getting out? And you just have to use the mindset you built during finishing those Ironmans. You're literally doing an Ironman right now just to be able to get up and walk down the hall. So when I woke up, it was the Monday afternoon. I was in ICU and I was discharged on Thursday. Wow. That's incredible. From the hospital, not just from ICU. Like I spent one night on the step down ward and the next day I went home. So that's the gratitude and mindset. They all fit in Mm -hmm. together, I will say. And, you know, those things that I learned while I was doing Ironman, they still serve me today. I still have that, those mindset, sometimes they're a little bit rusty, but I can kind of dig back. And this is saying, like I said, with your gratitude practice, right? You teach Mm -hmm. your kids now, they forget about it. But then as an adult, like someone reminds them about a gratitude journal and like, oh yeah, I kind of, I think I did that as a kid, right? Yeah. I almost like just listening to your story. I was like, oh yeah, like there's so much trauma around childbirth for, you know, not everyone to the extent of yours, but like, there's a lot of trauma around giving birth and and that recovery. And it's like, yeah, if we all had that mental preparedness or that mental toughness and gratitude prepared ahead of time, like almost should be part of like, like the whole like prenatal process, right? Like how much easier could we all get through that whole situation? Um, You know, not as devastating as yours, but like, you know, even so like my just C-sections, two C-sections and, you know, I remember not being able to walk after the C-section, but my knowing that my baby needed to nurse, it was like, okay, that like mental, like like switch was like, okay, I have to get up in order to get over there to down to the ICU where he was to feed him. So how am I going to get from there to there when I can't walk without like crippling over in pain? So it's like, you know, just that, like, yeah, just that mental, that mental awareness and how incredible would that be if we all got to go through some training around that before we, before we had children. That would be, <laughs> and then there's the, then there's the mm-hmm. teens that we need to prepare for too. Right. So. <laughs> you know, that's, Part of mindset too, though, right? There's this big, just, you know, that every teen is going to be difficult, but that's not the case. And that's not true. We know people that have great teenage kids. So that's also about mindset and what, as a parent, we're projecting to our child. I'll give you a strategy right now. If you're a parent that's dealing with a difficult child, so whatever age, um, here's a really cool thing you can do. You can do this with your partner or spouse too, if you are having a difficult situation with your partner. So get a journal, paper, whatever. And what you're going to do in this journal is you're going to notice the good things that that person is doing. So just once a day, you can do it more if you like, but at least once a day, you're just going to write, I'm grateful that my husband put his socks in the laundry bin. (laughs) I'm grateful that my child looked up from their phone at me while we were eating dinner. I'm grateful. Maybe, I mean, there are a lot of parents who deal with children with so many special needs, right? And sometimes it's hard to see the gratitude when you're in it. So again, the moment of like, I'm grateful that my child sat up on their own. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that my child got dressed by themselves, right? So one little thing a day, and this is a specific journal that you keep just for that person and give it time what will happen over time is if you do this regularly, you're just going to keep looking for the good Mm -hmm. and you're going to 
be a lot. And what happens is the person changes because you are looking for the good things they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're also praising them for doing the good things, that works really well. But even if you never said anything to them out loud and you just kept this journal quietly, your relationship with your child or your spouse or partner would change. I love that. That's so interesting. Setting that in gratitude intention for them without them even knowing, you know, I've heard too, like different jobs, like people have different lenses on, right. If they're in a job where they have to really look for something that's wrong or fixing something, then sometimes when they come home from work, that's their, their lens that they're seeing things from too. So that's, that'll be especially a really good activity for people to do. If that's part of their job is to look for things that are wrong. Yeah. So you don't have that lens when you come home, yeah. start looking for what's out of place and what's wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're programmed to look for what's not working. Yeah. And this is why gratitude is a practice. And then we keep practicing and practicing and practicing <laughs> just like any other skill. And kids learn this well, kids are good at this and any age or function or ability, there's always ways that you can figure out a way to just have a little bit of gratitude in your day. Yeah. I love that. And Julie, do you suggest like people add like bits of sprinkle of gratitude in like several different places in your day or like, should it be focused around like bedtime or mealtime? Depends on your family. Honestly, just choose one right now, whatever works best for you. So just pick, you know, time of day that's going to be easier for you. If you already have a bedtime routine that works well, add it in there. If you do get together for mealtimes on a regular basis, then start doing it at mealtime. And I'm going to tell you that your family's going to resist you at the beginning for sure. Some younger kids might not, but definitely older kids will not want to necessarily do this gratitude at the table thing, but keep at it, keep bringing it back. Mm -hmm. And over time it becomes a ritual, just like anything else. It's just like, you didn't build your kid's bedtime routine in a day and it's changed over the years. So same thing about, and you, it's a ritual, it's a practice and it's, it's a gift you're giving your family. Really? It's a real gift. Absolutely. And like, and I just love, like we were talking but all those tools that they're learning as younger kids to then use into adult life and into their adult life and their ability to handle so many more things then. That's awesome. I love that, Julie. So anything else? I know we can find you on your podcast, uh, Wake Up With Gratitude. Uh, so parents, highly, if you want some more tips and, and tricks and interesting insight that Julie has about gratitude, please go check out her podcast. Anything else, Julie, that you want to leave us with um, before we let you go? Sure. So my website is wakeupwithgratitude.com and on it, you'll see that I do offer uh, a weekly gratitude love letter. So it's something positive that's going to come into your inbox, but when you sign up, you do get a free gratitude meditation and it's a grounding gratitude meditation, which you can do with other people. The nice thing about this meditation is you can just save it to your device, which means you can listen to it when your phone is on airplane mode. So you can listen to it first thing in the morning without having checked your email. So that's a nice thing that comes from just signing up for the newsletter I also have a book called 30 days of gratitude and every day is a different challenge that you can do. So every day is a different way to learn. And we talk about, you know, how to get rid of the negative and then bring back the positive. This is a project that could be done with some older children. You could take some of the activities from the book and do it with your family. Um, There's a whole chapter on gratitude in children. So that's really, you know, the best place to find me. I'm on all the socials. I love to connect with your listeners and your community. And if you want to talk to me about, I know we didn't have time to get into that today, but I do uh, a type of homeschooling that's called unschooling, Mm. very non-traditional, not 
something you can do everywhere, but you can do it in British Columbia. We are what's called registered homeschoolers. And so I uh, basically work with my daughter and follow her passions and help her to learn in so many different ways and help her to manage life. And I've been doing it for uh, almost, it'll be three years in February. So just over two and a half years. So before pandemic life. So I've done a couple of podcast episodes on unschooling and I'm happy to, you know, lead people if they need some guidance on where to go, if that's something they're curious about. Yeah. I love that, Julie. And I, I, maybe we bring you back on to talk about a whole episode on unschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, just, can you talk about just before I let you go, just what are some of the philosophies around unschooling and why um, some people are doing it? It basically is child-led learning, which sounds just like words, 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 and doesn't actually make sense. It's, you're just not following a structured curriculum you're following and you're letting your kid learn about the things that they're passionate about. I learned something really interesting recently is that before you can unschool a kid, you have to de-school them. So when a kid leaves school, they have, they need a time and a break before you can get back into different types of learning environments and things like that. But, you know, often our day, like time with my daughter is a big part of just like, just hanging out with her is a part of unschooling. Sometimes I just sit and watch her do crafts. I'm not a crafty parent. I'm not going to make it up. I am not a crafty parent. My kid though is amazing. She will watch a video just once. And then she will like know how to make this craft and figure it out by herself. So my role is to buy her the supplies. And Mm -hmm. then if she wants to show me it, then I show, you know, she shows it off. I take pictures. We post on Facebook, you know, that's, that's unschooling. I know. And it sounds so weird, but here's what I want you to think about, you know, Michelle, is that did you start off your career as a podcaster and a, you know, podcast manager? Is that what your first career was? Nope, definitely not. <laughs> and um, did you have to learn how to uh, manage a podcast and how to put together a podcast and all of these things? You sure did. Yeah, exactly. Try and think of your, as an adult, where in your life are you not doing self-directed learning? all the time. I've run so many businesses. I've learned so many things. I've become a photographer. If you're watching the video, you can see the images, but those are my photos behind me. This is learning is something that we do as human beings. We are always learning and growing. And so this unschooling is really about this philosophy and understanding that our children know how to learn. And our role is to give them the resources and support that they need to learn. So Mm -hmm. Love that, Julie. That's a whole other fun. episode. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'm I'm totally, definitely interested in it. I mean, we I took our kids out of school for five months um, two years ago to travel. So we were doing some of uh, some of the le- le- kid led learning, and you know they still talk about that experience. So I know it was impactful for them, and um, you know I know it made a difference in what they were doing. We met tons and tons of unschooling parents and families while we were traveling. And it's, it's just interesting to see all the different projects the kids were doing and what their interests were. And, and, and it's how funny it kind of actually does follow along probably what they would have been learning in school anyways, but in their own interests and in their just the excitement that they had for it was really cool. So yeah, I think there's an interesting, uh, that's a whole other interesting topic. I'd love to dive more into more, but definitely reach out to Julie if you want to talk about more unschooling. And uh, thank you so much, Julie, for being with us today. Guys, go check out her podcast, Wake Up With Gratitude or wakeupwithgratitude.com is her website where you can find out more about her amazing things and check out that meditation she has over there. So thanks so much, Julie. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks, Michelle. No problem. And blissful parents out there, remember, be blissful and have a great week. We'll see you again next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.